Aries fans, Paul Harkin, the voice of the Patriots Sprint Tour. Great to be back here uh, for episode five of PST Weekly. We, uh, we've taken a couple weeks off, but tonight we welcome out a very special guest, uh, former PST Series champion, as well as uh, now basically a regular at the uh, Schwiegen Speedway. Uh, we welcome on Scott Kruder. Scott, for, uh, thanks for joining us this evening. No problem, Paul. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, you know, Scott, kind of been – it was a very interesting uh, 2020 season, but – is there anything, though, that you can kind of take away from the 2020 season, though, that, you know, to kind of make you build on for 2021? No, as far as racing goes, um, we really didn't do too much. Trey, uh, you know, said we could do a little traveling with the 410 and stuff, but I just kind of took, with nothing going on, I kind of took the year and focused on my business. Um, so other than, you know, it was good to get caught up and get some work done. But as far as racing goes, it was – didn't really do much. It was kind of, you know, it's, it, it was a sucky year for reasons. Sure. Yeah. And so I guess though, was it, you described it as sucky though, because it seems like you had a very strong 2019 year though. And I'm sure you were kind of looking forward to building off such a strong end of the year, you know, winning the nationals, which we'll talk about later on, but also, you know, when picking up that win at Erie's, a couple of runs at Ashwikin throughout the year, um, you know, kind of just talk about, um, you know, how great 2019 was and how much forward though you were looking into the season. Yeah. After, you know, especially after winning the nationals, I feel like at the end of the year, uh, we had a lot of things going really good for us. Um, team, we were working really hard with different setups and, um, it, we were really looking forward to, uh, this year, um, going up to Ashwick and doing some more traveling, um, going back to some bigger races, and then with everything kind of getting shut down, um, there really wasn't too much going on. So it was it was kind of a little bit of a buzzkill uh, having, you know, the pandemic down. But um, it makes me want to get back at it even more, especially with not doing much this year. Um, I can't wait to can't wait for 2021 and see what it brings. Yeah, you know, and. You know, Scott, you've been racing sprint cars for the better half of this entire past decade and even before that. But, you know, I kind of just give you the, the opportunity you know, to kind of talk about where you got started in racing and then, you know, where it got you to today. Yeah, so growing up, my dad, uh, he raced um, when I was really little. He ran uh, micro sprints at Lime Rock. He had, he had a 600. And then uh, I remember he sold his race car and then he ended up uh, starting up Fast Freddy's, which was an indoor go-kart track uh, up here in Buffalo. They were indoor sprint cars, and it was a circle track. So I grew up my whole childhood there um, working and, you know, racing those things. And then he finally got me a cage cart. So I got into cage carts at Lime Rock. I did that for you know, a year and a half, maybe two years. Not 100% sure, but uh, after that um, – I got into uh, 125 micro sprints and I think I ran maybe, I don't even know if it was a full season and a 358 dirt modified came up for sale. Um, we went and picked that up and I was too young to race at Ransomville. So we were going across the border to Merrillville and we were running the, the 358 and I learned a lot and it wasn't very good. Um, I wrecked a bunch of cars and I just didn't have, I didn't have enough seat time um, and I was a little too aggressive. So I took, I wouldn't really call it a step back, but I decided to um, 
get into a 600 micro sprint and it was the best thing I ever did. Um, I, we sold the, the big car, I got into a 600 and in 2005 and 2006, uh, I went, we went racing everywhere with it. We went to all the big shows. I mean, I did a ton of racing more than I was, you know, just running weekly with the 358. Um, so I gained a ton of experience, went to a lot of different tracks and we won a ton of races, which was a good confidence boost. I mean, racing is it's really mental. Uh, when you get, uh, when you get rolling, things seem to just fall into place. So, um, I did that for two years and then we decided to, um, go 360 sprint car racing. And I think that was the best decision, um, that we ever decided to do because it really fit my driving style and, I got into the 360 and we started traveling with the Patriots and everything else is history. Yeah. You know, and I, I, you hear a lot of people kind of start in that, you know, that 600 micro sprint, you know, before moving into a 360 sprint car, how much preparation do you think that helped you? Cause you know, you see guys kind of, you know, you do have some of experience, but you see some guys, so especially nowadays, they kind of move from like a crate sportsman to even maybe a modified then into sprint cars. And it kind of takes them a while to drive, but kind of talk about how, you know, the key differences though, like of you racing a 600 micro, then moving into the wing sprint cars. Well, I feel like, so like with modifieds, everything is kind of delayed a little bit. It's a much slower reaction where with the sprint car, it's a much more, um, up on the wheel, aggressive. I mean, you move the wheel, the car moves. So it's, everything's instant. Um, so where the modify, everything takes a little bit longer. I mean, it doesn't take long. It's, you're talking, you know, it, stuff still happens fast, but the micro sprint, as far as working on the car, everything transfers over to the big car for the most part. Um, I mean, from sitting in the car, looking out, looking at the wings and it's just the whole, I think, the 600 micro sprint to me is the best thing you could do moving into a sprint car. Sure. And you know, the, and then, the, the only difference, the biggest difference is a chain drive car um, reacts a little than a, than having a drive shaft. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, you know, if you have a guy who's going, who's never run a micro sprint and they get in, um, that's the only thing I think that's a little different is having a chain drive versus a drive shaft. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, and so you've been in sprint car racing, though, for the better half of, you know, 10 plus years, and you were able to win a PST championship back in 2011. And it wasn't easy, you know, um, you kind of going wire to wire with Brian Holland back that then, but, you know, kind of just take it through that overall season, though, of, you know, and then with you, Joe, more importantly, though, ending up on top at the end of that season. Yeah, that was a crazy year because uh, I didn't lead the points until the final and uh, it was, I think Cobra was leading and Holland was leading and then Jared uh, took over and he was leading for a little while. And then it was back and forth between Jared and Brian pretty much the whole season. And I was just hovering around third, fourth place and coming in towards the end of the year, we got rolling and uh, we picked up a win at McKean County. And then I think we picked up another win at Aries and then we were headed to I think it was maybe Mercer and I knew we had a shot while well, then the Mercer race, I think, it, I think I'm pretty sure it was Mercer. I think the Mercer race got rained out and we were headed back to Erie's the next day. And I knew that I really needed to run. We needed to race Mercer and have a good finish in order to catch Brian because all the stars had to align to be able to, to win. Um, I think I had 
I had to win. He had to finish like ninth or worse. And I don't think he was outside the top five the entire year. So um, going into Aries with Mercer getting rained out, I was pretty much just trying to pick up another win. You know, we run really good at Aries. So um, I want to say it was, was not even halfway through the race and a caution come out. And I see, I see the 51 car up on the top of the track. And I was like, Oh, he probably blew a tire something stupid. Now we're, I'm leading the race doing what I had to do. And all of a sudden uh, they do the two minute work area. And I hear Mike come on the, the radio that we're going green. I spun the car sideways, almost on the straightaway to look down the line to see if I could see if he was back out. And I was like, Holy cow. I'm like, he's not out. So from, from that moment forward, I knew I just had to, uh, the car was on rails and everything fell into place. We ended up uh, winning the race and winning the championship on the final night. So it was pretty special. It was really cool. That year that you won the championship, Scott, you know, and we talked about, you know, you mentioned some pretty stout competition, you know, Chuck Keeping, Jared Zimbardi, Brian Holland, you know, yourself included that year kind of talk about this competition level of 360 sprint car racing here in the Northeast. It, it, it really, it's, it's so stout though. And you know, you go to a racetrack, no matter where we go, wherever, all over New York state and Pennsylvania and even Canada, you know, there's over a dozen drivers that can win that night at any racetrack that we go to. And it, you know, it kind of just speaks volumes of how stout the competition here is in the region. Yeah, I think sprint car racing around here is definitely a lot of good drivers. There's a lot of, I mean, everybody has top-notch equipment now. I mean, at any given night, like you said, there's, there's a dozen drivers that can win. Um, it just keeps getting tougher and tougher. Um, guys are doing more traveling. Um, you know, and I think it's like, I went out to Knoxville, uh, I think it was two years ago we went out, and we were light on the scales, so that set us behind the eight. It's all about time trials there. But um, Joe Beaver, who runs really good there, yeah. he came out to the Canadian Sprint Car Nationals the year before that, and we talked a little bit there. So when I went out there, um, he comes down and he's like, now you know how I feel. He's like, it, it's not that the guys from around here aren't good, and it's not that the guys from there aren't good, but when you, for some reason, it's just something different. Like when they come up here, I don't know if it's the, just the way the cars run, the way their engines are tuned. It just seems like when we go there, we're just a tick off. And it's not because they're better than us. It's just the conditions. Everything's just a little different. Um, and it's the same. It shows when they come up here. Um, it was the same thing. So I think the more that you travel and the more that you go, you know, the better that you, the better that you get with that kind of stuff. Um, the best thing you can do, in my opinion, is traveling. Um, I love traveling with the Patriots. Um, I like hitting ESS shows. I like hitting a Schweiken. You know, the best thing that you can do is race all over the place. Um, it really, it really helped. Um, last season was my first, uh, season ever competing at a Schweiken every Friday night. Mm -hmm. And every week we kept getting better and better. At the beginning of the year, we were fast, but, um, you know, Dylan was just a little bit better because he was, you know, that was his place. And every week we kept getting a little better, a little better. I kept pushing myself um, because I knew we were so close. And having, having that to, to chase Dylan 
um, you know, it made us better as a team because we, we didn't get comfortable. We kept trying things and, uh, you know, it, it, it paid off. So it, you can get better when you run one track, but I'll say that when you do decide to go somewhere else and you're just running one track, it hurts you. Um, so traveling is the best thing that you can do if you can afford it and if there's places running. Yeah. You know, Scott, you talked about going to Knoxville, um, and I know you've done a lot of traveling, you know, throughout the entire country, though. Is there maybe a racetrack, though, that you still have, I guess, goals or a bucket list track, though, that you'd still like to run? Um, there are, I mean, there always is. Um, I'd like to hit Florida up. I'd like to do uh, – we do usually with the indoor racing going on um, – I really enjoy doing that. So it kind of, it's really tough to do Volusia or East Bay or anything like that, just because um, the spur cars are just sitting because we're focusing on the indoor racing. So it's, it's really tough to, to do that. Um, maybe if there is no, I don't know what's going to happen really with indoor racing this year. So maybe that'd be something we could explore doing something like that. Um, I'd like to do, I think they got the short track nationals uh, with the three sixties uh, down at, uh, was it? I, what is, I forget what track it is. Um, uh, like I 30 in Arkansas. Yeah. I 30 for the short track nationals, just races like that. Um, I'd love to go back to Knoxville because the second day, we, the, the second night we were there, um, even though we were so far behind the eight ball, um, you know, we didn't pack up, we didn't go home. We were buried deep in, we just kept uh, trying to get laps and, you know, we had a fast car, so I'd love to get back out there and, and see if we couldn't, uh, you know, put it in the show there. Yeah. I, you know, and, and talk about, you know, you are one of, you're a pretty successful driver on the indoor side though. I know, you know, having quite a bit of success though, down in Atlantic city and, you know, some other areas in the mid Atlantic region though, but you know, just, um, what is it though, though, about that, you know, you honestly enjoy about the indoor racing side because it is fairly different than the 360 sprint cars. I didn't hear what she said. You cut out. I'm not sure if it was mine or yours. Uh, basically, indoor racing, uh, just kind of what you enjoy, um, you know, about that side of your racing career. So with the indoor racing, it's, it's a lot of luck. Um, you got to stay out of trouble. You got to be really aggressive. But if you're overly aggressive, um, you're not there at the end to finish. So it's a, it's a fine line of, you know, pushing your yourself and your car, but not putting yourself in a situation where you're going to get racked out. Um, Cause it's really easy to do that stuff happens so fast indoor racing, but I just think it's the close quarter um, aggressive racing. I really like bouldering racing and it just suits my driving style. Cause the more, you know, if somebody else is being really aggressive, it just kind of amps me up to, to, you know, meet their intensity level or even push it further. Yeah. And, um, you know, and also to that, though, Scott, is uh, also talk about, you know, I know you, you've you had opportunities to also possibly race in the Chili Bowl, um, obviously with the Chili Bowl coming up. Um, you know, kind of talk about, you know, that experience, though, of, you know, having that opportunity to go out there and compete, you know, which is probably the most prestigious indoor race, though, in the entire country. Yeah, sorry, you cut out again. I think you're asking if we we're going to do the Chili Bowl again um, yeah. this year. This year, no, only because um, most of the crew, nobody could go or can go because, um, not because they don't want to due to COVID, but because of their jobs, if they get back and, you know, they're, 
just the circumstances just didn't allow, you know, you need to have, you need to have the resources and the crew to go down there. So um, I would have loved to go this year, but it was pretty limited on who was available to go and how we could do it. So um, this year we're not going to make it. I definitely plan on um, next year being back there because we learned a lot and it's such a cool race. And again, it fits, it fits my driving style and what I like to do. So that was the first time I was ever in a midget um, setup wise, you know, we got better every time out, but without having a wing to pull back when it gets slick, you got to do things a little different. So for us as a whole team, you know, Trey, he owns the car. Um, as a team, it was just, it was just us. We were learning, going down there for the first time. We didn't have, um, we really didn't have any experience. So for the team to, you know, Trey went out, bought a midget, and then we did everything on it. We don't, honestly, we had no idea what we were really doing besides, you know, having some help and some guidance from, you know, the chat companies and um, whatever else there was. It uh, definitely puts you behind the eight ball at a big race like that. But um, I think if we go back again, we can do a lot better. Yeah. Uh, you know, speaking of Trey Hoddock, though, it's a guy that you've partnered with, you know, the last couple of years. And it really seems like that racing relationship with you and Trey has really flourished. Um, just talk about what it's like though, to drive for yeah, someone. Like and Carl, um, they're, you know, without them, I wouldn't be where I'm at in racing. Um, it's, it takes, it takes a lot to do. Um, and you know, they, they've given me the equipment that I've needed to get the job done. And you know, I'm really happy and glad that we've got to win some races for him and win some big races for them because, you know, they put Trey puts everything he has into his racing program. So, um, you know, I feel like every time I get in the car, it's, you know, I got to give it a hundred percent because they do. And I can't thank the Hoddicks and, uh, uh, Carl, everything for everything that they do. Um, not just for my racing, but, uh, you know, the sport in general, they, uh, they've been around it a long time and they're definitely the good guys. Yeah, one thing I just want to kind of end things on, though, is uh, you went in that Canadian Supercar Nationals last year, and you were also, you said you were an Oshwegan regular, and you were the first guy of an, of an Oshwegan regular to ever win that race, though. And so um, how special was that, though, to win that race, and especially with your teammate Matt behind you finishing in second? And, um, you know, because by far that's, to a lot of guys, it's the one race that everybody wants to win. Yeah, that race, that was, that was an awesome night. It was definitely a night that I'll never, never forget. I think the, probably some of the, the biggest wins I've ever had was, um, you know, winning the championship at Aries and then uh, being able to win again at Aries when uh, my son Dawson was there and be able to do a wing dance with him. You know, that, that was pretty special. That was awesome. Uh, winning one of the, uh, the Allentown indoor race, that was on my bucket list, winning an indoor you know, TQ midget race, um, just because I'm not, I'm not an asphalt guy. I don't run, you know, I don't, that's just not what I do. So be able to compete and have a shot of, of winning in that, that was awesome. But the nationals was, you know, Trey and the Hottick team, they've been racing up there for, for a long time. So, uh, to win that race for them was, it was awesome. And then not only to, to win it, but be able to get the podium with Matt, and basically it just couldn't have been a better night. It was awesome. And everybody, 
pretty much everybody was there. So we got to celebrate, have a lot of fun. Um, so that's probably definitely, it's up there on the list of, of pretty cool wins. Very special. That's for sure. All right. Well, uh, you know, Scott, really appreciate it, though. You taking the time though. Out. Um, you know, best of luck though, with things do happen though, during the kind of the off season with your indoor career, but can't wait to see you hopefully out on a racetrack somewhere in 2021. Yeah, definitely. Uh, with taking all the time off in 2020 and getting caught up on a whole bunch of stuff, definitely plan on hitting 2021 20, um, as hard as we can. Hopefully, you know, win a lot of races and, uh, you know, get the, the THR team, you know, where it needs to be in victory lane, whether it's with, uh, with me, Matt, um, everybody works really hard and uh, we look forward to it. All right, well, there you have it, folks. Uh, Scott Cruder, though, joining us this week on uh, PSD Weekly.